Thanks for listening to Draw Near with Fred and Kara. Today we have two very special guests with us. They are local listeners of Draw Near, um, but also just a beautiful family who we're excited to have with us. So we have Danny and Ashley Swald. Welcome, you guys. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for those nice words. Yes. This this is the most rescheduled interview we've ever had. I think we've tried three times in sickness. Winter storms, everything has tried to keep this interview from happening. It's but like, it's an important one, so we wanted to do one, it. Yeah. yeah, we're here, <laughs> we're ready. Well, well, we had um, we had you guys come to the young adult conference that we lead, and you guys came last summer. And both Fred and I went to your breakout talk, and I know I cried multiple times. <laughs> and so after hearing you guys, were like, people need to hear your story. They need to hear your testimony. Um, so we're going to kind of get into that as we go, but before we do, Fred and I talked about it and we want to do a a short disclaimer for anybody listening. Just, there might be a few trigger things that we talked, we talk about, um, if you've experienced infant loss or miscarriage, um, or maybe even considered abortion, things like that. We want to, we want to, you know, let you know that those topics might be covered today in this testimony, but it is a very powerful one, um, a beautiful one, pro-life testimony, a sacrificial love. And so we're excited to hear from you guys. So before we get into that, um, I just want to hear from you. Like, how did you guys meet each other? Well, that was a high standard to set for us. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll try to meet that. But that was back in high school, right? Yeah. Um, So I went to high school with his first cousin. Okay. And um, so I kind of saw him around. We went to high school about 10 minutes away from each other. And um, just kind of, I saw him here and there. And I don't know, eventually we, he asked for my number and we started mm-hmm. talking more. And yeah. We were, we were texting in school when it wasn't allowed. And it was a <laughs> new technology. And everybody was like, go oh, put the phones away. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you guys been together? Well, we dated for seven years, and then this year we'll be married for nine years. So that's huh? great. Yeah, high school sweethearts. That's that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> very cool. And you guys have three girls, right? We have yep, three girls, three girls, yeah. and some babies in heaven too. I oh, know, yeah, that. lots yeah. of babies in heaven, intercessors. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> I remember your testimony from that talk, and, and I remember. The Danny and Ashley that we know now was not the Danny and Ashley then in high school when you met. So no, no, uh, no. Maybe <laughs> maybe speak to that a little bit because I remember a lot of your testimony, especially yours, Danny, uh, like resonating with me. Um, so maybe land on that. Like, what was it like then, and what is it like now, and what was that process of your relationship, learning and growing as you change together? Because change is the only constant in marriage. I feel like. <laughs> Um, what was that like? What was that journey like? Yeah. Uh, you know, getting courting Ashley, I suppose it was her being Catholic. She grew up Catholic. I did not. Um, but getting to know her and stuff, her being Catholic, I guess without any better terms, I was kind of something I was just going to deal with. Mm. You know, that's kind of how I felt, (laughs) you know, as someone who grew up Protestant and who grew up kind of a weak Protestant, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was something I knew. All right, you know, I'll go to church with their family and then I'd go there and, oh, I can't receive the Eucharist. Psh, who do they think they are? That was kind of uh-huh. like, right. you know, like right. a typical, I think, uh-huh. when you don't know what's going on. And I think back then, if I were to ask you, Ash, you would probably be like, yeah, I don't know. You just can't or something. <clears throat> yeah. I was never in the mindset that I'm going to make him Catholic. Right. And I think that was a grace by God, because if I were to try to make him Catholic, he probably wouldn't have never became Catholic. (laughs) Are you just strong willed or I honestly, (laughs) we're we're just married. That's all. No. So I was, I grew up, you know, I went to, um, Catholic school, uh, born and raised Catholic. My parents, they were wonderful examples. Um, but I went to college and it was, it was so easy to just stop going to church. Yeah. And it's, I think it was my environment. You know, I didn't go to a Catholic college. Um, I had Catholic friends, but they weren't going to church either. Yeah. Um, so I stopped going to church. I never once thought about going to confession. Um, if I did, I was just, it made me anxious. Mm-hmm. And so I just didn't go. Yeah. And, slowly throughout college, I 
just really fell away from God. I never stopped believing in God. Um, you know, I would go home to my hometown and I would go to church. But at that time, I would go to church and I, I would feel just like this is kind of boring. Right. And this is kind of it felt like robotic to me, like we're just doing the same exact thing and like no offense, but the music wasn't that great. Like no one really sings and <laughs> it just I never I never had a good feeling. It didn't make me feel good. Yeah. And so I was like, well, what's the point here? You know, and the main reason I like now I know why I felt that way is because I actually never understood like why we do things as Catholics. Right. I went to a Catholic school and yeah, we had religion, we went to church, but I think just being that, you know, a young adult, like not even a young adult, I didn't comprehend it then. Mm -hmm. And I was just doing what I had to do to pass my religion class. Right. And so it never really sunk into me until I was, well, until we had a, our first child, yeah. really. Um, so, yeah, throughout college, faded away. And then we eventually, we got married. Yeah. Um, and after, well, after our Chloe was born, mm -hmm. um, she's six years old now. Danny just kind of randomly, it felt like he was like, you know, I'm going to do our CIA. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. And he was like, his main reason, I think, was um, I just want us to be able to go to the same church yeah. as a family. Yeah. And so he was kind of willing to put up with the Catholic Nine ways. months. Yeah. <laughs> Nine months. Yeah, but it was a, holy cow, RCIA changed our life. Mm -hmm. It really did. Yeah, that's for sure. That's a good way to put it. I'd say like uh, during that time when we were in college, we were obviously in college together and stuff, the rebel in me, I guess, was trying to get her to come and see some of the churches that I went to, mm -hmm. you know? So mm -hmm. there was there was that. She never tried to make me Catholic. But I was like, well, why don't you pull away <laughs> and come on and check this out? You know, right. there was a little bit of that. But I don't like change. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so I was stubborn <laughs> enough to say, well, no, this is my church. So like, even though you weren't going to church in college, you're like, no, I'm still Catholic. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I knew funny. I was Catholic and I wasn't going to change. Yeah. But I wasn't a good Catholic. Yeah. So I was but I was stubborn enough to be like, no, this is my church. You know, <laughs> right. So we're going here. Yeah. Yeah. So then. Like she said, when uh, we started to know we were going to have a child, a lot of thoughts crossed my mind. You know, I was kind of the same way. I was, uh, I grew up and my dad is in the military. Mm -hmm. And so we moved around a lot. So we were Protestant, but it wasn't like we were Baptists or we were Lutherans or it was mm -hmm. on military bases. You have one basically church. And then at eight o'clock, there's the Lutheran service mm -hmm. at nine o'clock. There's the Catholic they're 10 o'clock, you know, sometimes yeah. you go to bases and they'll have that. So we went to whichever one we liked, mm -hmm. generally speaking. And uh, so I would say it was kind of a weak Protestantism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I just knew, you know, in the back of my mind, I always had. I always had Christianity there. Mm -hmm. I just thought there was an image of a Christian man that I wasn't ready to be yet. Mm -hmm. And that I would have admitted that years ago too, because I always picture kind of like that camp counselor, right. uh, like yeah. soft, yeah. like hey guys, yeah. and yeah. I don't cuss or get mad. Well, and I was funny. like, I am not ready for that life, yeah. you know? Yeah. So when are we? <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, I already like a few of the things because I think we have similar stories in some ways, and I already like a few of the things you pointed out. One that you were a Protestant, but you weren't necessarily like like one of the hardcore mainline sorts, but it was almost yet, like a melting part pot. of your Protestant faith was also trying to get that Catholic away from, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was the same way for me. And even like the way you depict your, the perception you had in your mind of what a good Protestant man is like, I was the same way and, and even had to work through, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't, you know, I don't cuss. I don't, and I did all those things well for the most part. I tried to anyway, and then I, I just remember coming into the Catholic Church, it being really hard when I see a friar on the bench smoking a cigar and <laughs> a sister drinking a beer after class, and 
you know, so I don't know. I just, that's, they don't fit the mold. They don't fit the mold. Yeah. So anyways, I, I didn't really mean to interrupt to your story. Ash- I relate a lot to yours, Ashley. Like it's funny that Fred and Danny's is very similar, but I think it's a very common like cradle Catholic experience to not really understand what's going on. We go, we think it's boring. We fall away, might come back. So I think that's, that's common for many listeners. And, you know, I think it's very relatable. So where was the shift? Like what happened? Our CIA probably. Yeah. 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 Like, like she said, we were due and uh, we actually did have a miscarriage before Chloe. So it was kind of a little bit trying time. We were, on edge with our first child yeah. who came into the world. So a lot of things go through your head. You know, like I always said, I kind of had Christianity. I always thought it was always there. Right. I was like, once I'm ready to not have fun, then I'm going to go be a Christian, right. you know? Yeah. And part of that was like, okay, I don't want to take my kids one weekend to this church. And then the next weekend they go to that church. And then they're like, "What, mommy, why is dad going to this church? And right. yeah. I didn't want to answer that question. Right. So bad that I was willing to spend one week or one day a week for nine months yeah. <laughs> listening to Catholic people talk about Catholicism. And he just and he just sprung it on you too, like it wasn't. Yeah. So he would come home um, after RCIA, and I didn't go with him. Yeah. Like I should have gone with him. It wasn't even a thought in my mind yeah. to go with him. And then later on, I found out, yeah, everyone's spouses were there. And I was like, well, what the heck? (laughs) (laughs) Like, shoot, I'm sorry. But that was probably a blessing in disguise because I think Danny was more open to asking questions. And Mm. so he would come home and he would ask me a question or he would tell me what the topic was. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to answer these questions. And I'm like, crap. I don't know. I don't know why. I do anything as a Catholic. Um, And so he, like one day I remember he came home with a, it was a little pamphlet and it was a a guide to confession. Mm -hmm. And I had not been to confession for probably for sure 10 years all through college. And um, he, he brought it up and I read the pamphlet and I'm like, holy crap, I need to go back to confession. Because it shows you all a bunch of different sins. Right. And I'm like, oh boy. You're like checking <laughs> like, the box next to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I was like, uh, I have not been living a good life. <laughs> so that triggered me to go back to confession for the first time. And man, <clears throat> I mean, that was life changing. Well, I kind of bugged you about it though. No, it took me. It took <laughs> me another for sure six months to actually show up because I had all this anxiety about it because yeah. I was like, we had premarital sex and yeah. we lived together before we were married. Like right. I didn't want to tell my priest that. Right. <laughs> and so it took a lot of months and I actually, I witnessed him go to confession. Like he would go weekly. Mm-hmm almost weekly, if not every other week. But, and I would just be like, man, here he is like setting a perfect example for me, but I'm so grateful he did because I finally went, you know, and then it was just other things, just other things like that. Every time he would come back home, he would bring something up and it just, it really made me aware that I didn't know anything and I needed to, I then knew that I needed to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And he helped me tremendously. Like he actually was deployed and he sent me home a word on fire Bible. Yeah. And I had never honestly read the Bible in my own terms. And so I started reading the Bible and it was the gospels. I started reading the gospels first and man, that was just that was life changing. And it has little notes and stuff in that Bible, right? yeah, Yeah. I love the word on fire Bible. Yeah. It is great. And it really changed my life. And it's not like I, I mean, I would read like one or two pages before bed, Yeah. but I did it and it was consistent and it, it changed me. It, mm-hmm. it really did. That's similar to yours, Fred, like reading a gospel. Oh yeah. 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 Well, and it primes you like, you know, Danny got the joy of coming and evangelizing you already as a Catholic and, you know, bringing you back into the grace after going to confession. And then in reading scripture, it's like, you're primed for it. Like you're ready to receive what he has to tell you. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. 
Yeah. That's awesome. She makes me sound really good too. Yeah. No. <laughs> he is the reason. Yeah. I will say this. I just do want to get this out on your guys' air is that when she talks about her going to confession for the first time in 10 years, yeah. it was way more like there was tears in her eyes when she came out. It was oh. amazing. Oh, it was yeah. amazing. Beautiful. So if you're I was bawling. thinking about yeah. it, if it's like, if you're the person right now that we're talking to and kind of debating on whether or not to do it just do it yeah just go do it yeah but i will also say though that you know i came out of that first confession and i was kind of expecting more of a like lightness to myself Mm -hmm. but i still felt like i needed to go back and i think that was god's way of getting me to go back you know Mm -hmm. if i would have felt completely like relieved from all my sins i probably would have put it off again for another six months but i i felt like okay i need to get back in there and it wasn't until i went regularly that i actually started to feel that like lift that i thought i would feel the first time right Mm -hmm. so it takes consistency like you can't just well you i guess you could go once a year but the more you go, the more benefits you feel from it. It's right. it's crazy. Right. right. One yeah. of the fruits of going is that it gives you the grace to stop falling into that sin. Mm. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, can you talk a little bit about, you know, your relationship before you said you were together for seven years, right? Yeah. Before getting married and now, you know, welcoming Christ into your relationship, into your marriage. Like, what's the difference for you guys? How do you handle different situations? Has it changed how you you know, communicate with each other. I have a different understanding of love for sure. Um, you know, I always kind of maybe thought it, but not in so many words that I think it's C.S. Lewis, right? He says, love is willing the best in the other. Basically. I think so. Yeah. Something like that. That's kind of what I gather because you, you kind of, and goes back to my image of the Christian person or right. It's like, you would think, okay, they're on a, Christian podcast, like they probably are always nice to each other. No, like it is, like even on the car ride up here, it was kind of like a, we were just kind of cooling down because we dropped the kids off and we were like, all right, we still fight. It's still marriage. Yeah, Yeah, we still like, you know, get on each other's butts and stuff. But I think Mm -hmm. that's, that is, I've come to find what love is and people call it tough love. And I don't like that term because tough love is love. Right. You don't ignore people that you love. You yeah. tell them they're doing something wrong because you want them to be a better version of themselves. And it's not just telling them, but like doing things, right? you, you know, whatever yeah. you do. Now, I've learned that and I've learned to be more comfortable in that mm. because I know that that's the way Jesus loved us. I mean, yeah, I love was, that you point that out because like just recently I was at a confirmation retreat. All the sponsors were present and we were talking about this very thing about love and marriage got brought up. You know, I said sponsors in the room you love your spouse right but you don't always like your spouse raise your hand if that's true and like no none of them in the room were like they're like should i raise should i should i should i admit that you should be able to admit that yeah but it's true and i was telling my wife the story afterwards and she's like yeah i'm like wait a minute (laughs) so quick yeah yeah that's the reality of it it's like you love through difficult times and it's not always easy and Yeah, love is a choice and it's always willing the good of the other. And yeah. If you see marriages that fall apart, the, I think a lot of the common things are distance. Like yeah. we got distant or started right. stop talking to each other. It's like there's times where we need a minute. Right. Um, especially her. She's we our brains work differently. If there's a point of contention that we have, she doesn't have anything to say right away. And I've learned that about That's her. Me. That's me too, yeah. actually. But then all of a sudden, sit and think. Yeah. once we get in the car to go somewhere, then it comes out because she's thought about it. <laughs> and I'm like, not ready for it. But I've adjusted. Yeah. Right. I think the biggest difference, it's we're just, we actually have a lot more faith-filled conversations. And it's so comfortable talking to him about God. Yeah. And that's the biggest difference. And I think it's so important. You know, I th- I learned or I heard part of marriage is helping each other grow in faith and get to heaven. Right. Yeah. And so we need to, we need to have those conversations and we need to give each other Bibles and give each other crap when, yeah. when he wakes up at four in the morning and says rosary and I like to sleep in until six 
you know, our stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, we end a conversation where she's walking in and I'll be like, I'm just trying to get you to heaven. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. That's funny. Yeah. That, that's also really good because, you know, if, if there's one thing that working with marriage prep and helping form young engaged couples for the better part of a decade is that those conversations you're talking about, so oftentimes they, they've never had them. Like, so that they'll come to the place where we're going to get married, but they've never really talked about their faith mm -hmm. or anything. She's Catholic. I'm not, but it doesn't mean anything. We've never talked about it. And so it, that's always the challenge I would throw out there is what's, what's God desire for your man, marriage? We look at scripture that you'd be naked and unashamed um, on your honeymoon. That's literal, but <laughs> anyway, but it's also like, it's more beautiful than that. It's, there's nothing hidden. You're open with each other about your faith, about the things of the heart. And yet I find engaged couples, they haven't even talked about how many kids they want to have yet, <laughs> you know? And so the more you can share, especially in terms of your faith and praying together, I don't know why it is, but the hardest thing for most couples to do is to pray together. Mm -hmm. That should be the easiest. And yet, if we look at what God's will for marriage is, naked and unashamed, the more naked and unashamed you can be, uh, both literally and figuratively, I suppose, um, <laughs> <laughs> the more your marriage can be blessed and the, and the greater intimacy you can have. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think, too, once you invite that in, invite God into your relationship, like it's it becomes easier and easier for him to be the basis of your relationship. I know for for BJ and I, like when we first started um, talking, I guess, and then dating, like every single night we, we live three hours apart. Every single night we would talk on the phone. And then before we would hang up, we would pray together on the phone. And so it kind of started our relationship that way. And we're not always consistent within marriage on doing that. So then at night it's like, hey, do you want to pray? And it's like getting over the ask of it. You know what I mean? And then after you get more and more comfortable with it again, at least for us again, then it's it just becomes more common to be like, okay, let's pray. Uh, and I feel like when you have that in, in your marriage like you guys do, then it becomes faith is the deciding factor to all decisions then. And it's it makes you guys on the same page. Yeah. And one of the hardest things I think, like you said, Danny, for couples is like, you know, well, we grew apart. But you guys are a beautiful example of growing together and growing in the same direction. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. If you're wanting to pray together as a couple and, and maybe one of you is feeling that way and the other's not necessarily engaging, maybe if you reframe it to let's spend some time naked and unashamed, maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll get a yes. We're going to need to put an R rating on this. Yeah, I was just going to say you got to boost the rating on this podcast. That'll be the title of it. No, yeah. I'm just so kind of with with that, like bringing God into your relationship and your decision making and like how he is, you know, the guiding factor to what you guys choose to do in your life has how has that played a role in some of those more difficult experiences that you've had, like your miscarriages and, and your, yeah. you know, testimony with your son, if you guys want to share that. Yeah, definitely. Stronger. Yeah. Stronger, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we got married and I was just like, okay, let's have kids, you know, like it was easy. <laughs> and I, I just felt like I just need to figure out when I ovulate and then we'll get pregnant and we'll have our beautiful little baby. Right. And so we did, it took us only a few months to get pregnant the first time, but, um, at our 20 week ultrasound, there was no heartbeat. And so I had to deliver to deliver our baby boy um, that day, actually. And it was I wasn't I didn't have a strong relationship with God at the time. So I didn't really look to God um, to get me through that. Yeah. I kind of honestly brushed it away and just kind of moved on with my life. Mm -hmm. And then soon after we got pregnant again and at our. 13 week ultrasound, there was no heartbeat. And so I had to, um, well, I actually had to have a DNC done, um, because I didn't pass the baby naturally. And, um, so I had that done. And again, I think I was just hiding. So I kind of brushed all the emotions aside and, and then we got pregnant a third time and, 
and that was, we had an, another miscarriage that was early. That was at like five or six weeks. Um, but I just remember feeling so defeated. Like I just thought I could have this baby so easy and I gave up. I honestly, I said, I do not want to be pregnant anymore. Like we need, I need a break. Like yeah. this is hard to, to keep doing this. And so I gave up and I threw my hands in the air and I was like, okay, we're not, let's not get pregnant for a while. And, you know, God had other plans for us. It was actually only like one month later, mm -hmm. I found out I was pregnant with our fourth child and it was unreal because I had so much peace with that, finding out about that pregnancy and which is crazy because yeah. I just lost three. Right. And I, at that moment, I realized this is not up to me. Like I am not in control. I'm not supposed to be in control. Like we, in today's age, we try to be in control with contraceptives, with surgery, mm -hmm. with whatever. And we're not meant to be in that control. We really are not. It's got, it should be up to God to when we have our babies. And so that pregnancy, I just was at, I had no worries at all. I just knew everything was going to be okay. And it was, and we had Chloe and she's six now. And praise God for those three miscarriages because uh, if I didn't have those, maybe I wouldn't, maybe I'd still in, be in that mindset, you know, that I can control when I have my babies and how many babies I have. Mm -hmm. But that's really not the way it's supposed to work. That's such a unique take on it. Um, praise God for those because that's such a hard cross to bear. And just you sharing like you had that peace. That's very, yeah. that's very beautiful. So with Chloe, at that point, Danny, were you like through RCA and you had like grown in your faith or was that kind of the no. start no. of it? Chloe's actually been a Catholic longer than I have. Okay. So <laughs> she got baptized before I got baptized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, she was already born. She was born in January of 17 yeah. and I entered RCIA September of 17 Okay. and then baptized Easter of 18. So, okay. uh, yeah, she was. But she was kind of the catalyst for you going to RCA, yeah. correct? Yeah, the yeah. very tangible reason to, nice. you know. And it was only one one night a week. It's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. How was your experience, Danny, with like, I know it's different yeah. for, for the father with those three losses. Yeah, well, you know, we weren't as close to God as we are now at that time, especially. Not at all. And definitely if, if anyone was further away, it was me at the time. And, uh, the first thing is to love your wife. I was trying to love her and make sure she was okay. I didn't know what to do. You know, yeah. you're helpless, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, you're helpless throughout all the pregnancies, right? Like you have a lot to do with yeah. getting it. And then <laughs> our contribution is very, we just, we do a lot at the tiny. beginning and yeah. then at the end, it's like, all right, yeah. you got this, <laughs> but yeah, like, you're trying to support. And so you're already kind of in a position where, what do you need? What do you need? Especially first time. Yeah. Like. Mm -hmm. It's way different now. <laughs> right. Yeah. The just trying to help her. And then obviously she's sad. Well, I'm sad too, but I didn't really care about my sadness mm -hmm. because, you know, this is a girl who grew up in a, she has six brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. So I know she wants family. I know she loves having a big family. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you, she probably blamed herself. I blame myself because we thought we were in control. Mm-hmm. But as a guy, I do the guy thing. You just put it, bury those feelings deep down and yep. take care of her. And yeah, we never really. We didn't have any real conversations, any conversations about, it. about it. I think we both kind of brushed it under the rug and moved on. And I was just kind of trying to not bring it up, really. Mm -hmm. You know, right. yeah. yeah the, when, when she was pregnant with Chloe, she talks about how she felt more at peace. But I was still, I was like. You know, I didn't know. I, it wasn't any different to me, I guess. And then it got longer. But then she started to say, this one feels different. And I was like, oh, okay. Because yeah. uh, the first time she was pregnant, after we were married, I was getting used to the idea of being a dad. Mm. And then at 20 weeks, just one day, you're not going to be a dad. Mm. Right. And so oh. I was trying to, like, harden my skin yeah. until all the way up until she was born, essentially. And then it was like a... You know, this is a good way to plug. I think you should always watch when the baby's being born. Because I did. 
And if there's Holy Spirit in anything, it's that event. Yeah. It's the most amazing thing. I can honestly say like giving birth to our first and then our other kiddos after that, like I fell more and more in love with BJ every single time. Like that, just that experience I feel like is one that just unites a couple together. Yeah. Yeah, Danny was, Danny teared up actually he literally was front row and center watching chloe be born and yeah. he was just oh i think that was honestly that, the that changing was the factor. mustard seed right mm-hmm. i think it totally was yeah, yeah. for sure because it grew yeah and eventually. then for me getting pregnant the beginning of the pregnancy with chloe was the changing factor yeah for me yeah that's when god really started you know, coming into our life. And then the birth was Danny, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's so different for women and men, like for women carrying the child, like you have that tangible evidence that, yeah, there's like the baby in there. You can feel the the movement. You feel the Mm -hmm. physical changes for the man. It's when the baby's born. It's like, oh yeah, there was a baby in there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And then it takes even like longer for the bonding to happen. It's yeah. Yeah. Just because they're naturally attached to mom. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a very natural response. From my experience, that made the grieving a little difficult because we had a miscarriage as well. And Crystal was immediately sad, of course, with that loss. And we woke up in the morning and knew what had happened, knew what it meant. And I think immediately, even though we were far in our faith at this point, you know, I worked for the church. Um, I think immediately, I think we both kind of tried to go into a, just move past it like immediately just we've got this to do and I was supposed to give a talk on spiritual warfare that evening at a parish and Crystal what an opportunity (laughs) yeah yeah Crystal still wanted me to go um and then I I got to work and stopped in Kara's office told her what happened because Kara was godmother you know and I'm like what am I doing I I need to go home and Kara's like yeah you need to go (laughs) you need to go home and um you know, when I got home, talked with Crystal, it was just like, we need to tell the kids. It's going to be the hardest thing we've ever done as a family, but we're both going to be sad. Mm-hmm. Crystal was like, it was starting to settle in. At this point, I'm still in that kind of manly, we're going to power through this, I'm going to be strong for you sort of uh, experience. But we're going to tell the kids. And so that night, we sat down with the kids and... uh we told them what happened and the older ones, once it clicked, there was that, that switch from excitement to sadness. Mm-hmm. Like the, the initial excitement of a sibling would have, cause they were praying for a sibling. That's how it always works. Um, and, and then the realization that they lost, the little ones didn't understand the littlest didn't understand as much. She's since asked more questions about her, though. Yes, she has. And now it's coming up a lot more, uh, more recently. But what was really neat for us is immediately the kids went to the table and started drawing pictures of them going to heaven to meet their sister, Miriam. Uh, And it was just so beautiful. Like, Mm -hmm. it it, it turned that moment of sadness into a beautiful, like, this is what our faith can do. This is what our, how our faith can bring healing in this moment. Mm-hmm. in these difficult situations and crystal still had a lot of grief and sadness over the next several weeks and still still does we still talk about miriam but just without that faith i, I don't know how we would have overcome that so it's it's just like your testimony i think is just an, an amazing testimony of god's prevenient grace working ahead of your deepening faith Mm-hmm. to bring you to faith even if you didn't realize it like i think even in the ordinary experience of how you encountered it to me what i hear in it is god's grace was still working even if you didn't realize it right. and it like i see the roots of a deep faith that he was laying in your experience as a couple mm-hmm. uh, which i think is kind of a segue into what your experience has been since then yeah yeah with John. Are you guys comfortable sharing? Oh yeah. I would love to talk about John. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So a year ago, it was probably, yeah, about just about one year ago around this time. Um, I was pregnant and, um, 
we went for our ultrasound, our 20 week ultrasound. I love those 20 weeks. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and we found out then that um, something was not right. Um, his little arms and legs were a lot shorter mm -hmm. than they were supposed to be. And um, he didn't really have a lung cavity. Mm -hmm. um, and they ended up diagnosing him with a lethal form of skeletal dysplasia. And so essentially that means is it was affecting his bones, all of his bones, and that would include his ribs, were all too short, too small. Okay. They were not able to grow. And this is something that they say has no known cause. Mm -hmm. It just happens at conception. And they don't know why. <laughs> and again, I'm like, well, God knows, you know, yeah. it, it's that's God working, yeah. you know. And so we find out that his lungs are not going to be able to develop because his ribs are way too small and he would die after birth. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know. They thought maybe only a few breaths. And. You know, they didn't they never once brought up abortion, um, mm -hmm. but they did mention like you can deliver your baby now mm -hmm. and, um, you know, will induce labor and you can deliver your baby. And I never felt right to me because it felt like I would be taking my child's life into my own hands and ending his life early when he could breathe just fine. He was not suffering in my womb. Like mm -hmm. I could feel him move. I could, we could see him move on the ultrasound. Yeah. And to us, like I didn't really see, yeah, I saw his arms and legs were short, but I just saw our baby alive. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, I can't just deliver my baby. I can't, I can't, I can't be the one who ends his life. And I wouldn't necessarily like, I wouldn't, really be killing him but I was like I can I can hold him in my womb yeah. and carry him until for full term you know I can give him as much chance to life as possible yeah. and that's what I wanted to do and that's what we did um but it also like we prayed so hard for a miracle and it's like we've been reading the gospels and Jesus performed miracles, and I believe he can still perform miracles today. Mm -hmm. um, but you need to have that. You need to have strong faith. And I think there was a, maybe a little doubt in our minds mm -hmm. that, uh, like, we could, we really, we wanted a miracle. But I think we also felt a little doubt that, well, Jesus, God probably won't give us this miracle, you know. But, I mean, he did. He gave us a miracle. John? <laughs> He lived for one hour yeah. and uh, we got to hold him and he was not, he looked, he was so peaceful. Wow. He did not suffer at all during that hour. Yeah. He was just, we just held him. Yeah. And Danny actually got to baptize him. Father wow. Travis Crotty told us that in emergency cases, <laughs> anyone can baptize. And we didn't know that until then. Yeah. But so John was baptized in my arms and then, yeah, he passed away in Danny's arms. Um, but I am so, so grateful that I carried him and it was no burden at all, honestly. Like yeah. I, I got hit, he got to live longer and I got to feel him. Like I feel bad for Danny because he couldn't feel little John kick, you know, all the time like I did. But right. if I would do it again and. Like it's almost like normally you're preparing for the once they're born that life, but you got to experience his life, however short, but very blessed within you, like just every movement right. you like could take joy in. Yeah. And it really made me appreciate those kicks even more. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So was it hard beautiful. at all or like was that a, a source of comfort for you? The the movements and just like feeling him but it was it was a source of comfort for yeah. me yeah i knew i needed to treasure that um because we didn't know how long we would have with him that's beautiful yeah it's about finding the the joy and the suffering i think uh i think i recently listened to father mike say something about joy instead of happiness mm -hmm. but the joy and the suffering 
is kind of what I found throughout it all. Suffering forges strength, you know, mm. when you, you know, I like to lift weights. You're literally ripping your muscle fibers apart and they grow back stronger. That's what weightlifting is. And I think that's the kind of thing that happens for us. I mean, we were pretty decent in our faith at that point. Um, but I think it just made it stronger, which is amazing because mm. felt like we were pretty good. Yeah. And I honestly, the, the, when we were at that 20 week where we got the diagnosis, there was like, I thought they were full of crap. Like I honestly, the first thing that came to my mind was Psh, like, he's going to be fine. Yeah. He's going to yeah. be fine. I mean, we drove home and we were on the same page. We're like, of course we're not doing anything other than That's what letting I was him go. Yeah. yeah. It was easy. It was so easy. Oh yeah. And I was like, I think God will give us a miracle if he wants us to. Mm -hmm. I mean, no miracle story. You hear these stories about people being diagnosed in the womb and they live five, six years or they're still living today. Mm -hmm. Like, well, that had to be, that had to start with a diagnosis in the womb, just like mm -hmm. this. So, yeah. And like even an hour that. is more than they said. So, well, that in itself is a miracle. Like an absurd yeah. amount of time. Yeah. When I did, we went home. I think it was, I don't know if it was later that night or the next day. Um, but I did. I started having um, some, a lot of negative thoughts come to my head. Like, so you're going to like, put your body through this all for a baby that's not going to be born. You know, it was like I was literally in the best shape of my life before I got pregnant with him. Mm -hmm. And and to say I'm going to carry him full term knowing, you know, I obviously I have to give birth to a full grown baby. Right. And just honestly, the pain, because I don't like to have any medicine during labor and Labor is painful, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I, I started hearing, and I, I say it's the devil, you know, the devil has kept telling me like, oh, you're going to, you don't have to go through all that pain. Um, you just have your baby now. Like you don't have to stretch your belly out again. Just have the baby now. Like I ha I did have those thoughts, but praise God, I was reading the book before we got this diagnosis. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Right. I yeah. recommend it. Yeah. So before we had this diagnosis, I was already reading this book. Mm. Like, praise God. <laughs> it talks about how the devil is is here. The devil is with us. He is, unfortunately. But he'll put all those negative thoughts in your head. And you need to be aware of that so that you can brush the you can push the devil away and say, God would not tell me any of those things, right. like all yeah. those bad thoughts I was having. That's not from God. That's from the devil. And I'm not going to let the devil win. Right. So I pushed it. It was easier for me to push those thoughts away. Um, and I think, you know, he put that book, God put that book in, in my life. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I did have those bad thoughts, but I, I was able to just push through and I knew that I knew what God, you know, would want for us. And yeah. And what so. a great witness too. now that yeah. like you can share that with people. Yeah. Yeah. I hear a lot of in your beginning of your story with your three losses and like how you came to realize I don't have control. Almost like he was preparing you guys. Yeah. Also for John, because it was like, why would I take control of his life now at 20 weeks? Right. So it's like he was preparing you for, you know, this, cross that he knew you would have to carry but that brought yeah. grace and joy in your life too I thought about that too because mm -hmm. Danny goes isn't it crazy that now that we're so strong in our faith God gives us a baby that's gonna die mm -hmm. like it's if you weren't strong in your faith it would be like what the heck God you know right. mm -hmm. but I said to him I think I said to him he was preparing us God was preparing us. Yeah. <laughs> and thank God we listened, you know, like mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit's with us and he, he is giving us all of these little signs and we need to, we need to follow those, you know, we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And cause like the book that I was reading was actually a Bible, like a book study. And I had never been to a book study before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, maybe I should go to that. And I did, you know, and that's the Holy Spirit saying, Hey, go to this book study, nice. you know, and I yeah. listened and I went mm -hmm. and yeah. praise God that I yeah. did.
you know. That's great. I, I love another thing I hear is you you both expecting a miracle or God can give us a miracle. And I think that goes direct that's directly related to what you said at the beginning as well. And it relates here is giving up control. A lot of times I think we go into a situation saying we expect a miracle or we're believing for a miracle, but our actions say the otherwise. Like if you would have made the decision just to give up. Right. And let's have that baby. There's no miracle. You're not allowing for a miracle right. of grace to occur. Yeah. So that decision, like you said, Kara, with, with the very first time you encountered that, it's the giving up of control. Mm-hmm. That was laying the, the foundation for who knows what other miracles await yeah. your future as a couple. And I think might inspire our listeners as well. So I think it's beautiful. It really is. And honestly, I think... Um, you know, watching you guys talk about John now, you have such a piece about you. And I think our listeners and I, I know Fred and I, like we would agree, it it sounds like a really heavy cross. Like, I don't know if I would have such peace and joy in that, but like he prepared you guys to be the ones to carry that. Mm-hmm. But always there's a purpose to a cross. And like you said, Danny, you know, you can see, find joy in suffering. So I'm curious, like, what have you guys learned or how have you grown through this and what grace have you seen come out of this? Well, what if I told you, I can guarantee you that your children are going to go to heaven. Yeah. You know, yeah. like mm, that's beautiful. he was baptized. Mm-hmm. He didn't have time to sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you have a saint in the family. Right. Like, so yeah. that helps, you know, like think about, I like thought about, um, Abraham sacrificing Isaac, that it's not the same. Right. Like, I honestly don't know if I could take my oldest child and do what Abraham did with Isaac. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know until it happens. Right. But this is kind of a maybe a smaller version of it, because if you look, if John was still here on this earth as a miracle baby, maybe we wouldn't be reaching out to people as much as we are now. Mm-hmm. And maybe that sounds cold blooded a little bit. No, not at all. But maybe like, maybe God is gave us John for an hour, which is a grace because he was always going to take him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, I think, so before we, before our 20 week ultrasound, we had started praying the rosary together mm-hmm. and we would always pray to end abortion. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the thing we prayed the most hard for is, please, God, end abortion. Give us something. Tell us a sign. Give us something to help us end abortion. And it's kind of ironic that he gave us a son that, you know, because in those situations, you could have an abortion, you know, when your baby has a lethal diagnosis, some people choose abortion. And so maybe that's his, maybe that was his gift to us to help women know that you don't have to kill your baby. You can, you can give it as much life as God wills it to have, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's something we really, really prayed for. And I think maybe that is what God, you know, God gave us John. And what a beautiful joy too to get to love him Amen. Yeah, in, in those yeah. nine months and yeah. hour. Um, I wish our listeners could see the joy that was on your face, Danny, when you ta- mentioned he's in heaven mm-hmm. and when Ashley mentioned you baptizing him, like, cause it's just, I could just tell like a proud dad moment, like <laughs> a moment of grace. Um, tra- Styrofoam cup water yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. Holy water. So yeah. beautiful. Do you guys pray to John? Not as much as we should probably, but. No, I guess not. We pray, like we say, thank you, God, for John. Yeah, yeah. But. Our kids do a lot. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Our kids bring up baby John all the time, and it just, it, it touches my heart. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. In, in our family, Miriam's brought up a lot. Kara yeah. actually prays. I pray to Miriam a lot, but mm. I think it's really beautiful. Like what you said, how, how awesome it would be to know that your child's in heaven. Yeah. Like you guys have such a powerful intercessor to, in yeah. John just. Hanging out with Jesus and Mary every day. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. God is good. If people want to learn more about you and some of you're actually doing some exciting things uh, ministry wise, <laughs> if you would like to share, no pressure uh, with the listeners and how they might be able to 
learn more about you all and, and follow you, how can they do that? All right. Um, I actually have a podcast myself. I don't have like the following. I just, like I told you guys before we started recording, is kind of more therapeutic for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I always, uh, well, it's called the homily. Mm -hmm. So homily, but lay, like a lay person. The idea of it was that I started to hear friends and family when they go to mass and they come out of mass, they're just like, oh, I'm tired of getting lectured at. I'm tired of, I can't hear the readings. I can't hear the priest talk. My kids are loud. I can't bring them to church. Anyway, all mm -hmm. that, all the excuses. We're supposed to go to mass to worship. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what you take from mass each week, as far as maybe you're inspired, maybe you're not, you're supposed to go there and sacrifice, right, for the Eucharist. And so I thought, you're missing the point. What am I going to do about it? Maybe here I'll read the readings to you. I'll talk about the readings. And that way, and that's before the mm -hmm. Sunday, and that way you can go and give yourself, you know, maybe you can focus on your kids because you know what the readings are. So you don't have to listen to the reader if they're loud mm -hmm. or soft or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that was a thought. And then it turned into kind of more. Nice. I got these thoughts out and now, yeah. now I'm ready to kind of like tell people about yeah. it a little yeah. bit. So that's awesome. So yeah. how do they find homily? Uh, it's on, it's on, I know it's on Apple. I know it's on, uh, Spotify. I think it's on Amazon too. I'm still kind of working the technology. I don't yeah. have the cool setup like you guys. Or, <laughs> so and you got to really spell it correctly. It's like mm. capital H O M I. And then there's a hyphen okay. and then L A Y. I think I fixed that though. Oh, mm. did you? Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah. Cause I, a few friends had troubles finding it. But. Yeah. Yeah. We'll make yeah, sure I'm, we leave a link in the show oh, notes for folks. Too, well, thank so. you very yeah. much. That's crazy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's not, I'm not like a theologian or anything like that. I don't have like all the knowledge that like you guys do. You guys I, are. I think that's the most relatable though. Yeah. I just, that's what I was going for. So and, hopefully. And then, yeah. <laughs> and that's what, like we were talking before the recording, that's Kara and I, we love draw near one of those. The things we love to do is everyday Catholics sharing everyday Catholic life together. Mm -hmm. And I think draw near to Christ as we draw near to each other. That's the whole point. So I love that you're doing that. I think it's beautiful. Thank you. I, it's a little rough too. I'm, I'm a little aggressive. So <laughs> no, if you don't like wonderful. it. <laughs> That's okay. Well, thank you both for coming. I know um, your testimony really was so beautiful when we heard it at the conference and mm -hmm. I think it's going to really impact a lot of our listeners. So we really appreciate you guys coming in. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, we really appreciate it. <laughs>